0: Well, let's dive right into our scripture today. We will read the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, about the very first Palm Sunday, when the people celebrated Jesus as he came into Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt beside her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill What was spoken through the prophet, Say to daughter Zion, See, your king is coming to you, Gentle and riding on a donkey, And on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt And placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the ground. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When Jesus entered Jerusalem... The whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let's pray. Lord, the sights and the sounds of that first Palm Sunday must have been amazing. And may some of that exuberance Lord, much of our sister Sharon already prayed, much of that excitement be contagious into our lives today, into our families, into our church. Lord, help us to draw close to you now as we know you are drawing close to us. Help us to walk closely with you this Holy Week. Help our faith to become more exciting and more alive. Help us to stay in step with you. Amen. In reading about the very first Palm Sunday, we can see that the people were excited to see Jesus. This was no boring, ordinary day outside Jerusalem, and indeed, as the crowd came into Jerusalem with Jesus. See, no doubt they had Already heard by now of his powerful preaching. You know, hearing words that they'd never heard before. They're like, wow. You're like, who is this guy? His deeds of power that they heard of. His healings. His walking on the water. His feeding of thousands with just a few loaves and just a few fish. And raising his friend Lazarus. From the dead. They had heard of all of these things. And so his notoriety and his fame was rising in the land. These days, when we think of fame, notoriety, we think of rolling out the red carpet. And as I like to think of it, of, of Palm Sunday, See, back then, they didn't have the red carpet, so I always think they rolled out the green carpet, right? palm branches and other leafy branches of, of trees and plants, to lay them down before Jesus as he came into town. And palm branches are very significant. The Bible wants us to, to know that in these times, the laying them down before someone coming in or the waving them in the air. Uh, was a sign of honor, a sign of victory. So yes, there's recognizing the the coming of the King. And now, at first glance, when we read this scripture, we kind of take in what was going on with the crowds, the jubilation, the excitement. At first glance, everyone seems to be committed to Jesus. But that was not the case. Really, there were a variety of views about him in the crowd that day. And I want us to look at that, think about that for a few moments. You were heard in verse 5 of Matthew 21. It said, see, your king comes to you. And then in verse 9, Hosanna to the son of David. Both of these verses are very clear, and it would have been very clear to the people then of the saving power and the kingship of Jesus. I mean, just not some ordinary guy coming into town. These verses brought that acclaim of Jesus being a king. But then we hear something very interesting. That we need to take note of at the very end of the passage in verse 11 when among the crowds and in Jerusalem they started asking, Who is this? and they said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Was it true to say he was a prophet? Yes. But was he only a prophet? No. They didn't know the whole story. Not all of them knew of his true identity as the Messiah of Israel, the long-awaited King of Israel, the Savior of the world. And, not, and I, I don't think many, maybe only the Apostle Peter at this point in time, and some of the disciples, maybe, that knew that he was the Lord of heaven, God in the flesh. So we see a variety, really, of views and perspectives of, of Jesus in the crowd that day. And so we see, when, at the end, when they say, well, we know where he's from. So they didn't know. Many did not know he's from heaven. They say, no, he's from Nazareth. That's what they knew. A lot of times we know well, that, that person, is, that's the town they're from. That, we know that much. They're saying, well, Jesus, he's, he's, a, he's a prophet from uh, that little town, uh, Nazareth. And they knew that he was a prophet in the land that was doing some really cool stuff. And therefore, what we need to get the picture of is that he was the talk of the town that Sunday. They're like, this, he's doing some cool stuff we're hearing about. I want us to think about that. And so he was the talk of the town that Sunday. But it did not last. Times change, but human nature does not change. I'm convinced of that. Back then, just like today, public opinion changes very quickly. One minute, someone is highly regarded and respected, and the very next minute, their name is dragged through the mud. Someone might be in one minute, and then they're out the next, you know, becoming yesterday's news. Everyone seemed to be cheering for Jesus At the beginning, but by the end of the week, they would be against him. The crowd was fickle. The mob mentality was in full effect. Our first point today is... Let us not be like the crowd that first Palm Sunday. They acclaimed him on Sunday and turned from him by Friday. Kind of a, a surprising and sobering reality when we really kind of take in the whole picture that we just get beyond Palm Sunday for a minute and we look ahead because we, we, we know what comes right after that because of the scriptures that have been given to us. And we think to ourselves, how could they do that? How could they celebrate him on Sunday? We'll see that up on the slide here. And then... Yell, crucify him on Friday. We see that up on the screen. I want us just to get a little bit of a visual of that. Of seeing kind of Sunday versus Friday in the same week. That's what can happen with the crowd. I want to think about the crowds then and really the crowds that are still among us in life today. We're thinking, still thinking, how could they do that? That they saw Jesus, things he did and said, like how could they turn on him? But then we must ask ourselves how many times have we sung his praises on a Sunday and then turned on him, or forgot about him later that same week. When our own sin got in the way again, or the, the temptation that we saw out there in the world looked a whole lot better than following and obeying Jesus And so we forgot about him, or we deserted him. So have we not all been guilty of this ourselves? And as soon as we are just real about this, that we do it too today, it's not just a back then, that we can turn away from Jesus too. The sooner we become real about this, the sooner we can receive forgiveness for this. Because that's why he came. He came to save. He came to forgive. But We just need to receive it. And to think about forgiveness. I know some people struggle with this. Can, can I be forgiven? I know there's a number of people that struggle with this, but think of it this way. And Again, looking ahead to Good Friday, looking ahead to the cross, that Jesus spoke on the behalf of the ones who were crucifying him, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So if he could forgive those in the very act of murdering him, will he not also forgive us? He will. Our king and our savior is so good, so merciful, so kind. That is why we follow him. Our next point today is the pressure of life and the crowds around us will always test our allegiance to Jesus. Always. It's not if, it's when. And if you've lived any amount of time, you know this. We have some kids in school, our, my children, others in the sanctuary. We call it peer pressure in school. But you know, peer pressure is not just in school. It goes with us well beyond school, into every area of life. It's always going to be there to see who will we follow. Where is our allegiance? Where is our loyalty going to lie? So we must realize that it's easier, it's always easier to believe and to follow in here, in the sanctuary. It's harder to believe and to follow out there in the world. And that's why we come together on Sundays, that's why we're here. To be strengthened once again in our faith so that we can stay strong and live it out the rest of the week. That's why we come together. So, our allegiance will be tested by many different people in many different places in school, at work, on social media, old friendships. And many times right in our own families. The crowds around you will change their mind and change direction again and again. And the crowd can be very fickle. This way one day, that way the next. So I would ask you, do you really want to go with the crowd and lose your integrity and lose your faith? Our sense of acceptance and identity should never be in the crowd. It's often easier, I know. It's what everyone else is doing. Okay, it might be easier. Never makes it right. So our, our acceptance and identity should never be in the crowds around us. Our acceptance and our identity should always be in Christ. Always. It's in Christ because he's the one who saves us, forgives us, and loves us. So as we begin to wrap up this message, I would say get beyond the crowd. Get beyond the crowd, beyond the mob mentality that often characterizes the many opinions in our culture. At the end of the day, it's not about what other people believe about Jesus. It's what you and I believe about Jesus. How you choose to follow him and have a personal and growing relationship with him as our Savior, as our God, and as the rightful king of the world. So may Jesus not be a fickle fad or a phase in our lives, as we see it was for many that first Holy Week. He never turned his back on us. So may we never turn our back on him. He loved us enough to endure the shameful cross, bearing the penalty of our sins. He has always been for us. So let us be for him this holy week and the rest of our lives. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we not only want to start well, we want to end well. Staying true to you. We want to do this because we realize you have always stayed true to us. You have always been faithful and you've never turned from us. And so together, right now, as a church, we confess those many times up till today the many times that we have turned from you forgive us completely for all those times restore us once again and revive our hearts to be your committed disciples It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.